what do you think the word obedience means well um i would say obedience is something that um has been instilled into us since we were born because i mean um if you look at it hmm. obedience is something that's always been preferred um in your home of course um uh <laughs> obedience is a concept i would say um so that hmm. humans could to an extent survive um but i mean that's just what obedience has helped in doing um obedience is hmm. probably you know what i can't answer this question <laughs> what do you think obedience is <laughs> well i'm reading the definition here okay obedience is basically compliance with an order request or law or submission to one's authority hmm so with the definition in mind i ask you another question okay if i asked you let's say i'm your superior and i ask you to kill someone would you do it would you be obedient um if the job um it it depends on um the context you're my superior in so let's say if if it's hmm. if i'm enlisted in the army then probably yes hmm. but in the workspace would i no because uh, like in the workspace as in uh, in an office space would i not really because i mean it's an office um and killing someone isn't good or even appreciated there however in the army you probably have to when you're in war so yeah context all right so you would in the army so no questions asked i ask you to kill someone yeah regardless if you thinking they're innocent or not you would but in a workspace yes. like if if your boss tells you to do so you won't all right understandable yeah do you believe civilians normal common everyday people when asked by their superiors let's say someone who who just seems more qualified to them or or has a social status that's much higher than them if they ask a common person to take a life do you think they would do it probably not well then the topic of today's episode might just surprise you hmm okay so the questions we're asking right now were also asked by Stanley Milgram he is a renowned social psychologist at Yale University well he was hmm. and he conducted an experiment focusing on the conflict between obedience to authority and personal conscience hmm. so milgram in 1963 examined justifications for acts of genocide offered by those accused at the at the world war 2 nuremberg war criminal trials their hmm. defense was often so the nazis yes their defense was often based on obedience that they were just following orders from their superiors so at that time of like again you can think of it as someone being in the army your people who are, who are higher in rank to you say well hmm. you kill 100 people today men women and children and well they just do it because hmm. their superior told them to do so 
because um, hmm. if you think about it um the officers the are the actual people who gave the orders right and when you join hmm. i'm talking about the military specifically um when you join the military okay. um uh, you have something in mind because you know the stuff that that you're going to have to do hmm. and it's outlined by one of the things is which is um obey your superiors superior officers right so and like once you sign up within the military you're probably expected to kill sometime mm-hmm. and it was war time anyways back then yes so mm-hmm. um i'd say i'm not saying what they did was good but i'm pretty sure some of them um did just obey orders and they probably thought that well this is not a correct thing to do killing jews but um yeah mm-hmm. but again you're in a um organization where um disobeying orders isn't a good thing and you might even like there are there probably were serious consequences to disobeying um so yeah i there sure so was. i yeah again i just think that um the ones who gave the orders were probably the ones mm. who were responsible instead of um the people who carried out the acts themselves i mean what you're doing right now is actually distinguishing between the lesser evil you're saying that the people who were obeying orders weren't as that much responsible okay evil. do you think the blood was the blood on the hands of people who gave the order or who obeyed the order the people who gave the order all right well for exactly this to understand whose the whose hand the blood was on milgram devised this experiment so the participants for this experiment were selected by newspaper advertising for male participants to take part in a study of learning at yale university so it was the sampling was done th- was done through a type of volunteer sampling and there was a lot of deception used because the study was termed as a study of learning hmm. um so in this so like the procedure was basically that the participant was paired with another person that and they drew lots to find out who would be the learner and who would be the teacher okay but what the participant didn't know was that the draw was fixed so that the participant was always the teacher and the learner was one of milgram's confederates pretending to be a real participant okay all right so how this experiment went down it was it was a fairly simple experiment if you think about mm. it because one of the most beautiful things in life is actually simple and i do agree to it it's 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 like super easy though we wouldn't suggest our listeners to actually go on with mm. it and also this is one of the most unethical experiments out mm. there um because it went against everything that well psychological rules stand for but we'll discuss discuss that a little later 
So the procedure was fairly simple. The learner, named Mr. Wallace, was strapped to a chair with electrodes. And okay, so mind you, the the teacher and the learner can't really see each other right now. No, yeah, they can't see each other throughout the entire experiment. The teacher, the learner is in another room, and the teacher is in another room, another room, with the administrator. So the teacher is with the administrator right now. So the learner is strapped to a chair with electrodes, and he is ordered to learn a list of words. Hmm. So the list of words contain contains pairs that he has to learn, and the teacher would test him by naming a word and asking the learner to recall its partner slash pair hmm. from a list of four possible choices. Okay. The teacher is told by the administrator to administer an electric shock hmm. every time the learner makes a mistake, hmm. and the level of shock would increase increase each time. Hmm. There were thirty switches on the shock generator, marked from fifteen volts that had a little label that said "slight shock" to four hundred and fifty volts. Which said XXX. That said "danger severe." Yeah, that said "danger severe shock" or XXX. Mm. So, the learner was asked to mainly the learner also Milgram's um, confederate was asked to mainly give wrong answers on purpose, of course. and for each of these the teacher gave him an electric shock when the teacher refused to administer the shock the ad- experimenter or the administrator was to give a series of prods to ensure that they continued mm. there were four prods and if one was not obeyed then the experimenter or the administrator would read out the next prod and so mm. on and th- it would basically be a loop so the first prod is please continue the second prod is this experiment requires you to continue the third prod is it is absolutely essential that you continue mm. and the fourth prod is you have no other choice but to continue mm. now it's it's fairly simple isn't it if someone asks me to well or gives me these four prods and is continuously going on a loop saying these i would just say no and walk out because they aren't using force against me they aren't blackmailing me it seems fairly simple hmm. but think about it you are asked for such a small thing for just incorrect answers you're asked to shock someone and that to up to 450 volts that's well it could be fatal if you shocked for like if if you shocked for 450 volts it could it could be fatal it could just stop your heart hmm. so they're asked to do that and the learner is also in the other room every time he gets shocked he's screaming he's asking for help he's saying that he wants to get out obviously he is an actor an actor who's not getting shocked who's pretending to be shocked but still think the teacher doesn't know yet and i mean i feel by the end of this experiment let's say the teacher definitely knows that 450 volts can kill a human being mm. and the other person is actually being tortured right now because he's being shocked so what was the highest amount of uh, voltage the teacher administered um, to the learner so all the participants that those were the teachers went up mm. to 300 volts that's already pretty fucking bad Yeah. But 
65% of the power spins, that appro- that's approximately two-thirds of all power spins, continue to the highest level of 450 volts. So and wait, in they, some cases, yes. Hmm. Um, so did they like have, um, what was the study, for, like the fake study for again? Like, um... Okay, so the title of the study was basically a study of learning at Yale University. So what, they they just like called people into, um, so like, what was the, like, how did they attract people to actually come into the experiment, the real experiment? So this, this study is essentially a study of learning, just to see how well a person can learn. But, so that was like on the face of it. But they attracted people by saying, they attracted people by saying that, well, um, you... They, they saw a newspaper article saying that there's a study here. You can volunteer. And just for showing up, you get around $5. It was The amount was near $5 just for showing up. So, and people actually volunteer for this. So, so the, what they basically did was um, call people in to test how much hmm. a learner can actually learn under... Stressful environments. What, um, stressful environments. Like under hmm. stressful environments. Okay. Got it. Which by is the administered shop. Yes. by the shop. So, and, and they pretended as if there was a 50-50 chance that you could either be the teacher, the participant could either be the teacher or the learner. However, it was wrecked. Oh, yeah. Got it. So, I mean, you've been, you've been told that um, you have hmm. to teach the learner, right? I mean... And like, you've been given permission to Hmm. go up till 450 volts. So it kind of seems logical that a lot, like 65% of the people actually did. I mean, you weren't, it wasn't a choice that, well, at this, you could either administer 300 volts or 450 volts. It was, there was a series, there there were like 30, um, 30 different increments, increments. which, which led from 15 to 450. So it was entirely the teacher's choice, right? But no, it was it was basically that let's say let's say the learner got one answer incorrect, the first answer incorrect, so he, he would get fifteen a shock of fifteen okay. volts. So with every and then um, so every on. incorrect answer you raise the level of voltage would increase. Got it. So I mean it's it's pretty reasonable to think that a lot of people went up to uh, the limit because you've been told by essentially what is an authority figure, right? Hmm. Um, that And the authority figure is basically a guy in a lab coat. Is an actor. It wasn't Milgram. Yeah. It was an actor in a lab coat. I get that. So hmm. basically you've been told by a guy who probably, I mean, I'm putting myself in the shoes of um, a teacher hmm. or a participant. Um, you've been told by what to you is an authority figure, at least in this scenario, right? In this uh, Hmm. social structure that you have to increase with increments with every incorrect answer that the learner gives. Yes. So it's Hmm. it's pretty reasonable that um, a lot of the, like 65% of the teachers actually went up to um, 450 volts or the maximum amount. But you you also know you also know that 450 volts is a very high voltage and could kill a human being. Yes. Or severe, severely injure them. But if you think about it, um, 
two things hmm. two things here they're in different rooms hmm. so you can't directly see hmm. the person right you know but the person screaming, screaming and you can hear yeah. him scream yeah i got hmm. that but you can't see the person and seeing is hmm. obviously i would say very important More, to have yes. pity or to some to do something right um, to feel yes agreed agreed so, agreed that um since that was taken away from the teacher um hmm. probably desensitized them to what was actually happening and since you're being told so, by the authority figure hmm. that you can go up to this amount hmm. and you have to teach the learner you have to get the correct hmm. answers right i mean it's not completely implausible that um the a lot of people went up to the limit because again you're being desensitized towards towards what's actually happening true and that's so you're saying that if there. you're you're saying that if let's say the actor or the learner was actually placed in front of them they were visible to the teacher yeah the teacher would be more sensitive towards the situation so it wouldn't be 65% of the participants maybe lower yes i see well it's a well justified point and one might wonder if this one experiment could actually be the base of the entire experiments that were continued decades later on obedience so milgram actually carried out 18 variations of his study and all he did was alter the situation to see how well if it affected obedience hmm. but in conclusion ordinary people were more like to likely to follow orders by an authority figure even to the extent of killing a human being because of like in in two or three cases people were actually believed to have killed hmm. their learner because of the high voltage or severe severely injure hmm. the or... learner in most cases hmm. again so it i mean it speaks a lot of sense um it makes sense but think about it to think about it even after you told that this entire thing was an experiment you know what you're capable of you know that how easily you can just take the life of a human being and that's something that shit would cut deep it's it's justified by um human evolution i would say um because <clears throat> if you look at it society right society obviously has is filled with um hierarchies right and um mm. if you don't follow the hierarchy there are obviously certain consequences um but if i if i look at a very rudimentary um, human civilization right let's go back to the stone age mm. right where humans were just learning to communicate with each other um properly verbally right um social hierarchies existed um you, you let's say you are the you're you're part of a tribe or a clan whatever right and the head of the clan tells you mm-hmm. to do stuff the head of the clan is probably um the head of the clan because he's or he or she is powerful um in that time physically uh, in today's world probably monetary wealth could give power at that time it probably would have been the physical strength yeah exactly so hmm. um today it would be monetary wealth um or social status yeah um 
so if if the leader told you to do something right to either go hunt or to maybe fish or to mm. kill a person or severely hurt them you would probably have to do that because if you don't you would be expelled from the tribe or the clan and that would basically plummet your chances of survival you like your chances of survival would plummet right we could and that's that could probably be the reason why we have um, a need for social hierarchies even today and that the obedience factor um is drilled into our head even today since we born as you said earlier in the start what is obedience and why so, do we obey so i i really i really like the way you thinking because milgram was on the same track when he ma- when he came up with the theory uh, called milgram's agency theory hmm. so in 1974 he explained the behavior of his participants by suggesting that people have two states of behavior when they are in a social situation hmm. the autonomous state where people direct their own actions and they take responsibility for the results of those actions hmm. and the second is the agentic state where people allow others to direct their actions and then pass off the responsibility for the consequences to the person giving the orders hmm. in other words they act as agents for another person's will hmm. now the thing is that the two things two things must be in place for a person to enter the agentic state one the person giving the orders is perceived as being qualified to direct the other person's behavior hmm. that is they are, they are seen as legitimate hmm. second the person being ordered is able to believe that authority will accept responsibility for what happens hmm So agency theory basically say, says that people will obey an authority when they believe that the authority will take responsibility for the consequences of their actions. Hmm. So, And this was like heavily supported with by, by Milgram's evidence. Hmm. So to his experiments. In in other words, people would do anything to avoid um the consequences of actions that exactly you know, have not even happened but may happen. exactly so that it is basically passing the blame it's basically right? yes passing doing the wrongful act as long as you know that the blame can be passed hmm. did you watch the video i asked you to watch nope i hate you <laughs> anyways you can listen to it while i play it for our listeners okay this is a small recording from the actual milgram experiment where you can see a teacher trying to defy the administrator by saying that he knows the voltage of the shock can injure the learner who's screaming in the other room and you can hear the screams of the learner and the learner saying that he has heart problems the teacher is fully aware that um his actions would have heavy consequences however due to the prods and the constant 
confirmation from the experimenter or the administrator the teacher actually goes ahead and obviously you will hear the recording but the, in the video you can actually see the teacher sweating and being highly stressed i'll play it for you now continue please go on All right. Well, that was the Milgram experiment. So now that you heard it, did you see how evident it was that the teacher was so fucking uncomfortable? Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to be put into a situation like that because <laughs> I don't know what I'd do. The guy was practically sweating bullets. And I mean just think how stressful it may be for that, the person. That just like hints and at the nature of this experiment in terms of how um unethical it was. <laughs> yes, it's considered one of the most unethical experiments. Cuz that kind of um that like that situation 
would probably scar a normal person not it probably not scar a psychopath or a mildly <laughs> sociopathic I don't know, I just person inter- use this words <laughs> a psychopath and sociopath um but it would probably scar a normal person it it definitely would because then they would actually realize that they're so they can so easily just take a human life end a human life and it would mm. definitely be traumatizing and mm. what what i i i think that the reason why they were they they couldn't risk i they couldn't risk um questioning the authority of well the experimenter was basically that he wore a gray lab coat that's it that was his symbol of authority and people obliged they actually didn't question him and i mean i would no no wait 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 um the guy in the lab coat he probably would hmm. have or the people must know that he has some credentials right the people he told the people that well i'm that the he... experimenter i am a renowned um, psychologist and i'll be conducting this this experiment yeah i mean that's a, as good as reason as any to i mean most people won't even think of actually asking them well uh, what's hmm. like They, they see the gray. They, name, right? Yeah, they see Or the gray lab like coat, and they know that well. He's legitimate because obviously everyone who wears a lab coat is the highest authority in scientific discoveries and science. No, like the he must have told the people his name is like what he's done, what he is. It may not be true, but the, yes, he must have he told did. them something, right? He did. It's not did entirely the lab coat. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he did say his name. He said that he his name was Mr. Williams. He did say that. He I guess he did say that he was he was a renowned psychologist, but I don't think anything else. Hmm. He basically yeah, so, justified his uh, his authority by giving yeah, his credentials. Coat. Yeah, with the ra- lab yeah. coat and a few other achievements. I guess fake achievements. Of course, he was an actor. But hmm. yes. So I mean the lab coat was just to it was a symbol um, increase the amount of authority he had in the present True. while the experiment was being conducted yes i would that's that's my take from this hmm i believe it was a symbol of his authority hmm so um and well to justify my claim so milgram also carried out a, a variation in which the experimenter was called away because of a phone call right off uh, after the start of the procedure hmm the role of the experimenter was then taken over by an ordinary member of the public in everyday courts okay. rather than a lab court the obedience level dropped to 20% so people said i won't go any higher earlier people said after a certain level that i won't continue this experiment because i see that this person's getting hurt and i'm uncomfortable and left the prods were the same Horror. everything was constant except the person and the lab coat hmm so the lab coat helps him establish his authority yes also yeah. the location matters a lot 
because when the experiment Where? was moved to a rundown office rather than the impressive Yale University, the obedience dropped mm-hmm. down to forty-seven point five percent. Because people probably thought it was less legitimate. <laughs> exactly. Then there was also a two-teacher condition, where the participants could instruct an assistant to press the switches. Ninety-two point five percent of the total participants shocked to the maximum four hundred and fifty volts. So again, the so blame the was on someone else. Wait, so the participants weren't actually the ones pressing the. Uh, no, they were just they whatever. were just telling the assistant to press the bat- buttons. So the call was theirs. Got it. So I mean, it was that easy to pass on the blame. In in a way, um, the teacher in this case or the participant um, hmm. is being given authority. Yes. If you by the higher authority. Um, yes. But then they think it's easier to pass on the blame to their. Uh, to to, to the person who they're commanding. Yes. Right. Yes. Pretty but much. Isn't so. that so? Okay. So it's it's nowhere stated that um. So like okay. So when they actually come to the experiment, right? They mm-hmm. haven't been told um that if the learner has been injured in any way, that mm-hmm. the blame will be on the mod the moderator or the experimenter or whatever. I mean, it's it's um, it's perceived as. The consequences would be the people responsible for the consequences would be the ones carrying out the experiment. Okay, so they think that the one in authority is responsible, hmm. and they interestingly like I don't know. Um, it, it did it come to their mind? We we'll probably never know, but hmm. um, or we might know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that. The teachers or the participants, when given authority, um, hmm. did they ever think that, uh, or did they ever notice that I actually do have authority now, and that when I'm telling the assistant to pu- the push the switch or the whatever, right, to flip the switch, um, hmm. that I am the one responsible for this. I mean, because they probably just think that I can just pass, it, pl- pass the blame on. I mean, this was this was this would probably be a loophole because, like, for them, they would be thinking that well, I could just pass on the blame to that person. That well, I asked you to yeah. push it. Would you? Why did you push it? Don't you have your own conscience? It's mm. like, it's like saying if your friends jump into a well, would you do it as well? That very old and boring ass mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, counter argument. Yeah, every pa- parent uses. So, I mean, that, but then also, since the, the experimenter has the, uh, should bear the consequences as, as it's been made, well, clear at the start of the experiment, mm-hmm. I really don't know what the thought process of the teacher would be. Hmm. That, no, it sounds okay, like a loophole. Like, so, let's just go on with the, the idea that they haven't been told. Like, they haven't hmm. been told. What am I saying? They haven't hmm. been told. But in both the cases where they're telling us, uh, where they're telling an assistant to uh, flip the switch, mm. and when they're not, like when there is no assistant, right, the blame mm. is never on them because they can just pass it either one level up or one level down, and that's what's interesting. Because mm. we, I mean, because we're always looking to pass on the blame, and I mean yeah. I have done. 
like I have I mean, had everyone has done, done it. It's it's like it's like the easier way out. Yeah, and we're always looking for those. So it certainly does say something about um, society in general. Does. I mean, okay, so there was also this one condition called the touch proximity condition, in which the teacher mm-hmm. had to force the learner's hand down onto a shock plate. When they refuse, okay. and most most of the teachers actually refused to participate after one hundred and fifty volts. The obedience fell down to thirty percent. So because so the in this, hmm. wait. So in this uh, scenario, they. Uh, did they were they able to see the learner? They were able to see the learner, but and while doing so, while also pressing their hand, forcing their hand Actually, down yeah. onto a shock plate, they were able to see the actions of their consequences. They were no longer protected, and I think that's mm-hmm. why the obedience fell down. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, <laughs> uh, I I can't help but feel coy right now, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> that just explains it right um true to feel misery um like like to f- empathize wrong hmm. word to to actually empathize um you not only need um audio cues you also need visual cues and yes if you can actually touch the person or if you're actually forcing the person into hmm. um whatever position of misery they're in yeah it just increases your empathy for them it does surely it does but man think about it just how cruel can someone be when they know that well i wouldn't be the one to blame for this hmm. and just how pressurized can someone feel by someone who just seems who seems higher in authority you don't even know if they're actually higher in authority they just seem like hmm. it and how our behavior changes we know that it's against what we stand for against our moral code but still we feel forced we feel like this invisible person is actually forcing us to conduct certain actions that we would definitely not be proud of and might haunt us every night before we go to sleep again in my opinion this just comes back to uh, social hierarchies and authority figures social hierarchies and how we're how we're actually coded as human beings or brought up as people mm. let's think about it even even as children we are taught to obey our parents mm. that well whatever our parents are saying is right and we well in many households you aren't even allowed to ask question why. your parents yes you i mean i whenever i've asked why why do i have to do this why do i have to do that Exactly. The, like a simple the, the, the why. Re- no, no. The reason I get is basically, I have lived longer than you. I probably know better exactly. than you. I know more than you. So just obey for now. Not even the for now part. That's just what my head says to myself. Just obey them for now. See, <laughs> and, and do you think that's obey? actually a healthy environment? I I feel it just breeds. Um, I don't know, man. It just it 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 it's not right for development of society. or as people because we should oh. be we should be encouraged to act according to our conscience mm, to be able to make decisions that we feel are right no okay so there are two things you can obviously make decisions 
what you're mm-hmm. not allowed to do is act on them that's that's the thing yeah and th- in most cases um that's actually a good thing that we're not allowed to act in on in most all cases yes but do you do you really think that's good i mean obviously it depends on the kind of decision because uh, that's just law um so, so there are two types of laws if you think about it there's obviously the law that is the written law but then there's also the spoken law which is um social law right and in most cases going against social law is just a bad idea because then if you think about it if you go against social law um society excludes you you're an you're excluded outcast. from society which is a bad thing because hmm. if everyone starts doing that there won't be a society humans are social animals exactly humans are social animals hmm. so same thing same thing and it's the same thing in the house too it's the same thing in a school it's the same thing in an office it's the same thing everywhere and hmm. when you say that um that we must be able to act on all of our decisions freely in hmm. i would say you what would happen more often than not is um so society would have never come to be the way it is right we would have probably been smaller groups of people who think alike that obviously still exists right mm. um which is a good thing um but society wouldn't be this huge global um interlinked community it would just be like these smaller individual communities that just stay to themselves and um have their own hierarchies which do not even uh, make sense to other people and i mean the entire thing it just becomes a kind But of dystopian wouldn't it, wouldn't it be better wouldn't wouldn't it be better if people okay let's say not if people weren't allowed to act on everything they think is right because obviously we can have these bursts of emotion not acting rationally yeah. but every action we take is well understood by the person the person when asked to justify doesn't just say i was asked to do this and i was just obeying orders they explain why they actually did it and they have a true cause yeah okay wait being under someone's authority and saying because they told me to is a good reason hmm. in the military right because you have to hmm um but it won't be a good reason to jump off of, or jump into a well just because your friends did right so in my opinion it's situational <laughs> yeah. again true well i guess that concludes it yep um any closing remarks um so the experiment basically says uh, that people who have authority so if i'm not wrong the conclusion that was drawn was from the experiment that people hmm. um when told by authorities to do something are more likely to do the action unrestrained hmm. um as opposed to when not having an authority around people are more likely to obey when the authority is legitimate and is well right there with you and asking you to do it got it so yeah now i'm um, just making everything clear 
and what the actual like, point of the experiment was um that's um yeah that's all i have to say for our for our listeners you guys can actually find it find the experiment online it's just a quick youtube search uh, by the name of the milgram experiment and i bet it will leave a lot of questions unanswered in your mind but do spend t- some time with them and think about it do you think you're capable of taking an innocent human life just because you were obeying orders something to think about thank you for listening to this week's episode of the nighttime high podcast we really enjoyed talking about the milgram experiment tune in every tuesday for more eccentric and mind bending content reach out to us on instagram at nighttime high podcast and tell us what you liked in today's episode see you next week Thank you.